You are listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Well, I'm totally with Jesse. Um, I am completely, um, uh, what's the word you use, Jesse? Um, what's that? Bittersweet, yeah, that, that's true too, but I'm, I, lo- I love the reflection of New Year's Eve. I love it. I am totally um, just like every day I look at Facebook memories. I don't use fa- Facebook all that much anymore, but I always go there for the memories, and I'm always like, Kim, hey, like, you remember like 11 years ago, we were walking down State Street or whatever, and that was fun, you know? And she's just like, yeah, whatever. Like, I'm totally um, nostalgic. I'm trying to think of the word, uh, but I just can't grab onto it. So, um, But I, I love this time of year because it really helps me to refocus, recap what has happened and think about where I want to go. I don't know if any of you guys have been thinking about that. Sentimental, that's the word. (laughs) Sentimental, I am 1000% sentimental. Like I have coffee cups in our cupboard that I don't use anymore, but I can't bear to let them go because they're attached to a memory. Anybody, anybody? Yes, okay, my my kids, uh, my boys empty the dishwasher and they're always like, dad, your coffee cupboard is so full. Like, can we make some room in there? I'm like, nope. Those things are attached to memories, boy. So, but I love, um, one thing I love is when people, uh, I think it's called like the best nine or something like that, when on social media people post their th- like nine pictures from the year and like it, it like recaps some of the highlights of the year and like I love that. Like, like I said, I'm super sentimental, but like, I love to uh, see the music that people have been listening to all year. Sometimes they'll like post that on Apple Music or Spotify or whatever. And uh, like, I, I, I always, um, you know, I always like almost screenshot those and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna check the, if I haven't heard of it, I'm, I'm gonna check it out. But um, I, I, just, I just love it. And um, you know, there's something about New Year's Eve and New Year's that just, it's, um, it causes me to take stock and reflect. Anybody else there? Um, it, it, the challenges that we've been through and, you know, the fact that we're still breathing, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know, anybody grateful to still be breathing? <laughs> like, I'm grateful to still be breathing. And, you know, like Jesse was saying, like the people we've lost along the way, like I lost some good friends this year. Um, I know other people have lost people in their life. Um, the highs and the lows we've experienced. And um, I love the fact that everyone experienced 2023 differently. Like, it's really common, uh, like, it's a common, um, it's a knee-jerk reaction to say that, for me anyways, that everybody experienced 2023 the way that I did, right? But everybody, everybody really, when you think about it, experienced 2023 differently, right? And for, you know, I think that's important 
because, you know, I think sometimes the ebb and the flow of God when you're, when you're walking in relationship with Jesus, like, you know, there are periods of time where I needed somebody to not be in the season that I was in so that they could help me get through that season. And there were times where I needed to be that person for somebody else. And man, I'm just grateful that we don't all experience, you know, the same season at the same time. And so people experienced 2023 differently. And, and um, for some people, 2023 was like a banner year. And I'm grateful for that. But for, but for me personally, you know, it was one of the toughest years of my life. Like I had to lean into the family of God more than I ever have this year. And, uh, and I'm, I'm grateful for that um, on so many levels and, you know, on other levels, I'm just be real. I have, I have questions, you know, I, I have questions of God, like, man, God, why, why am I going through this? But also like, thank you, <laughs> you know, like, like, I know you're teaching me something through this. I know you're teaching my family, you know, through this. And, and uh, so for those of you that have had a tough 2023, like, I just, encourage you in this new season, um, don't be afraid to hope about the next season. Because here's the thing I hear people saying a lot. And again, like if you had a banner 2023, I'm so happy for you. Like, and I know we didn't all experience it differently. And and like, I'm excited for you. But, but here's the thing I hear a lot of people saying is like, um, you know, I'm not going to expect a better 2024 than 2023 was. I feel like a lot of hesitancy from people to hope for this season, you know? It seems like 2023 caught some of us off guard because we made it through COVID, you know? And we're thinking like, yeah, we made it, I'm gonna live, you know? And then, then, uh, you know, stuff happens and, you know, sometimes you get, you get a reality check, but here's the thing I want to say, guys, is don't be afraid to hope in this next season, and particularly for our church. We're facing, like, you know, some potential really um, challenging things in the next year, and yet I believe that the Lord gave our church firmly a word that the best is yet to come, and I don't know what that looks like, you know, my, my best is not always what God's best is, but I really firmly believe that the best is yet to come is for our church. And so for you as an individual, I want to encourage you not to be afraid to hope. Because even if it's a hard season, you have a God who bent down from heaven to send his spirit to walk with you. And also, in addition to that, I mean, you don't need anything in addition to that, but you have a family that will walk with you. Saying goodbye to 2023, we're on the cusp of 24. Like, we are mere hours away from 24. Like, raise your hand if that is exciting to you. Okay, raise your hand if that's, like, terrifying to you. 
<laughs> right? Uh, new, new year brings around a feeling of new possibilities. Tons and tons of people are making New Year's resolutions around this time and striving to change bad habits and adopting better ones. You know, and uh, if you have a New Year's resolution, I do not want to discourage that. Like, go for it. Like, let's do it. But I know in my own life, I'm going to speak for myself right now, my resolutions I have made have in the history of my life not very lasted very long. Anybody relate to that? Like, I'll make a resolution, and then maybe within two weeks, I'll be like, man, I really don't like working out. <laughs> like, I walked up the stairs. Like, my Apple Watch counted it, so it's good. Um, you know, all, people tend to make resolutions around this time of year, and for myself, they have not lasted very long. In some cases, I feel like Making a New Year's resolution almost puts more pressure on myself to not do the bad thing and to do the good thing has, it, it has almost set me up for failure because uh, it's like repeatedly telling myself not to eat chocolate, especially in the morning when it tastes the best, <laughs> Right? Like, if I'm telling myself, don't eat chocolate, don't eat chocolate, don't eat chocolate, the more I think about eating chocolate, not eating chocolate, the more I want to eat chocolate. <laughs> Putting my total focus on the goal of the resolution is not helpful for me, as I might think. Setting my sights on the goal for me sometimes is not as helpful as, as, as it should be, I guess. And I don't know if it's just me or, or what, but sometimes I spend, spend, around this time, I spend more time thinking about what I don't want to do rather than what I do want to do. And what I don't want to do actually makes me want to do that thing more. And I've, it's just, it's a crazy cycle for me personally. And I've, I found it really interesting in James Clear's book, uh, Atomic Habits, he says that when you focus on changing your identity, your habits are more likely to stick long-term. I found that super interesting. And Clear says research has shown that uh, once a person believes in a particular aspect of their identity, they are more likely to act in alignment with that belief. The goal is not to read a book. The goal is to become a reader. The goal is not to run a marathon. The goal is to become a runner. The goal is not to learn an instrument. The goal is to become a musician, right? And so rather than focusing on the task, we're focusing on uh, redefining and identifying our identity, right? And, and so now the goal wouldn't be to lose weight, which has been my goal hundreds of times. The goal is not to lose weight, for example, is to become a healthier person, right? And, and when you, you're confronted with a decision like eating a salad or eating In-N-Out, I'm always gonna choose In-N-Out. 
Just kidding. When, when you're confronted with the decision, when you're trying to, um, you know, set your sights on this new, new thing in 2024, like eating a salad over a burger, you can ask yourself, what would a healthy person do, right? You can ask about the identity rather than the habit. And I, I think this is actually a really helpful concept even in our relationship to God. Like, I can see a million ways that this plays out in our relationship to God. Uh, because lots of times we make resolutions because we think we should do something. Not because we actually want to, but we feel the pressure we should. Does that make sense? We think we should read the Bible through, all the way through, in a year. And so we get a plan and go for it. And hear me when I say reading the Bible for any reason at all is never bad. It's never bad. It's always right. But if you're doing it because you feel like you should and not because you want to be a person in close relationship with God as part of your identity then the reading plan is, like, at some point in that reading plan, you're going to hit the book of numbers, right? And eventually, it's going to be really hard to stick to that habit, right, um, of reading the Bible through. And, and so, like, if your goal is to become a person in close relationship with God, your goals should be things that are going to help you achieve that identity, and not because you think you should do it, but because it will help you become the person you want to be. Does that make sense? I've been thinking a lot over the last few weeks about this, about who I want to become. Like, what do I want my identity to be in 2024? And, um, and that's the question I'm going to ask you at the end of this message, like, um, Maybe you want to write it down, and we're going to come back to it. Usually, I don't give away the ending at the beginning, but I'm going to today. Like, I'm going to ask you at the end of this message, who are you, and who do you want to become? Who are you, and what do you want to become? Over the course of this day, like, whether you have a notebook or um, a phone that has notes app or whatever. Like, I want you to write down that question and sometime today sit and ponder on that question. Who are you? And who do you want to become? I've been thinking a lot about that. Um, what parts of my walk with Jesus do I want to press into so much that they become a part of my identity? And so what I have this morning is just basically the things that the Lord brought to my heart. And so, like, I'm just going to share them with you. Yours may be completely different, and that's, I hope they're different. Like, we need it all. Like, God created me and filled me with his spirit, and that looks different than it does with Angelica. Angelica is completely unique from me, and the spirit of God in her uses, her uses her for different purposes than me. We are completely unique individuals. When God dreamed up Abby, 
He dreamed up a person that would carry a bag that says, open, sniff, read, and repeat. That's what her bag says. <laughs> Loves books so much, she carries a bag that says, open, sniff, read, repeat. That's unique for me. God at work in Abby is different than God at work in me, and we need it all. So I'm going to share with you just the few things that the Holy Spirit brought to mind for me. And your answers probably are going to be different. The first one that came to mind immediately when I, when I asked the Lord this question was, I want to be a person who lives in the wonder of God. I want to be a person who lives in the wonder of God. That a person that quickly attributes miracles to God through prayer. I want to be full of the wonder of God. Because too many times, I'll tell you a quick story. I was with my mentor, Dave Gilmore, who's preached here lots of times, and um, we were at a conference, and we prayed about something the night before. Somebody had a prayer request, and, and there was, the next morning we got together, and there was, there was like significant positive progress in the thing that we prayed for the next morning. And I said to him, I wonder if that had something to do with what we prayed about last night. And he said, he looked me dead in the eyes. I'll never forget this. And he said, it had everything to do with what we prayed about last night. The fact that we gathered in prayer and prayed over it, the positive progress in that thing has everything to do with the fact that we were praying. There's a young family in our church family, um, and I'm not going to share names and details or whatever, but um, they just had a baby like a couple days ago, and the baby uh, had to go to the NICU because they, it, wasn't, it wasn't getting enough oxygen. And our leadership team, we spread the word through the leadership team here at church. We prayed. I kid you not, like within 10, 15 minutes, we got a message back from them and said, it said, um, the baby's breathing. It's out of the NICU already. We get to visit with them. And like, I'm not a medical profession professional, but I'm pretty sure it's not that normal to go in and out so quickly. And so I want to be a person who is full of the wonder of God. And not just like in a 60s, like, wow, man, kind of way, you know? Like, I'm talking about, like, seeing things that are impossible as possible for God regularly. In the, in the small and the little things, um, we don't have the scriptures up on the screen today, so maybe just jot this down. I'm going to share with you a piece of a psalm. Psalm 77, 13 through 20. I'm reading from the NLT version. It says this. Oh God, your ways are holy. Is there any God as mighty as you? You are the God of great wonders. You demonstrate 
your awesome power among the nations. By your strong arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. When the Red Sea saw you, O God, its waters looked and trembled. I love that. The sea quaked to its very depths. The clouds poured down rain. The thunder rumbled in the sky. Your arrows of lightning flashed. Your thunder roared from the whirlwind. The lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your road led through the sea. Your road led through the sea. Your pathway through the mighty waters. A pathway no one knew was there. You led your people along that road like a flock of sheep with Moses and Aaron as their shepherds. Does anyone know what this psalm is referring to? I mean, they, they, they said it. Parting of the Red Sea, right? Parting of the Red Sea. And it said this uh, in 19. I love this. Your road led through the sea. Your pathway through the mighty waters. A pathway no one knew was there. The Israelites are trying to escape Egypt. The Pharaoh and all the warriors are coming after them. And they're standing at this great sea trying to figure out how they're going to get through. There was a pathway no one saw, right? And when it opened up and they got through, the Israelites, I'm pretty sure, didn't say, wow, what a coincidence. Man, that happened just as I needed it. We are so lucky. No, they got to the other side and praised God. Because there was a pathway that only God can see. And yet sometimes I find myself, I'll speak for myself, sometimes I find myself being blessed by God or seeing uh, something wonderful and miraculous happen. And I say, man, that is so cool that happened. Man, that was such good timing. And why am I not so bold as to attribute it to God as a miraculous work? Because I'm not filled with the wonder of God. But I want to become a person who is vocal and outspoken about the wonder of God. You still with me? Okay. The second thing I thought of as I was praying was I want to be a person who is present with God and present with the ones that I love. Presence. There's a lot of talk about that right now. Being present. See, being in the present is challenging because there's so much drawing us backwards. There's so much drawing us forwards. There's so much to worry about things we need to do to make our future secure. There's so many things that 
maybe we need to make up for from the past or learn from and grow. And yet God calls us to be present. And I want to be a person who is present. Too many times, I'm just going to confess this to you guys. Too many times I've been at home with my family and still at church working in my head. Too many times I've been stressing about a message or, you know, whatever, and I've been in my head and not with the the people that I'm with. Anybody else know what that's like? God says this to Isaiah in uh, chapter 43, 18 through 23, and this one's the NIV. It says this, Isaiah 43, beginning at 18, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals will honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and the streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen. The people I formed for myself that they may proclaim my praise. I think it's weird. I, used, I guess I used to think it was weird that he begins to talk about jackals and owls in, in the middle of that passage. But what the Lord is saying, like, he provides streams in the wastelands. And, and, and those animals honor him in, for doing that in the moment, for taking care of their every need. And so to be present with God means to create space in our minds and hearts to be fully where we are in the moment. God doesn't need you to pretend. God doesn't need uh, you to put on a show for him. He knows the depths of our hearts. He knows exactly where we are at. And so just to be present with God and to accept, you know, he says in this passage, I'm doing a new thing. And it, and it springs up right in front of you. Do you not perceive it? There's been a lot of times where I haven't perceived the thing he's doing right in front of me. But he's making a way. And I want to be in the moment with God and see the moment when it happens in the present with God and attribute all praise to him in the moment. The people I formed myself, that they may proclaim my praise. A lot of people throw around Jeremiah 29, and sometimes irresponsibly. Um, but I want to focus on the latter half of 20, Jeremiah 29. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. 
You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart, and I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back from captivity. He's talking about, he's talking to Israel, but I also believe that that promise, when you seek me and find, you will, when you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you. When you're present with me, I'm going to be present with you. When you make space for me in your life, I'm going to fill that space. I will be found by you. I want to become uh, a person who is present with God and fully present with the people that I care about. And the funny thing about being present is that when you're present with God and present with the people you care about, um, that means setting aside all the other things that don't require your presence. And I got a lot of those that I need to set aside. My last one that I just felt the Holy Spirit uh, affirm in me is purpose. I want to become a person who knows my purpose. There are a few things that God brought to mind when I was praying about purpose. My, my purpose is to honor and praise God. That's one of my purposes. And not just because I, I love to worship and, you know, I never wanted to be a lead pastor. I wanted to be a worship leader, but here I am because God's funny. My purpose is not just to be a worship leader or praise leader for God. My purpose is to honor and praise God. We already talked about it in Isaiah 43. The people I formed for myself that they may proclaim my praise. Isaiah 43, 21. My purpose is to honor God. My purpose is to praise God. Another purpose that came to mind is my purpose is to make disciples. So many times I feel like, you know, for me personally and other pastors I know and other prominent leaders in a church, sometimes we think it's our purpose to build the church. But that's not our calling. Our calling is to make disciples and Jesus would build the church. So my purpose is to make disciples. Matthew 28, 16 through 20. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. 
My purpose isn't to build the church. My purpose is to make disciples. And I think that kind of gets scary sometimes when we think about it on an individual level. It's like, okay, what does that mean? Do I need to go knock on doors? Do I need to um, pass out leaflets at the train station? Like, what do I need to do? And I really think it comes back to uh, presence. Being present in the moment in my sphere of influence. Sharing the wonders of God. Sharing what God has done for me. And being present when the moment arises to pray for people, to encourage them with, with Scripture, and to invite them to accept Jesus. I think it's that simple. To be present in the moment for the purpose. The last purpose that I could think of, I mean, I know there's a million of, but these are the ones I want to press into. Love God and love people. Love God and love people. That's my purpose. Mark 12, 30, 31. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your, your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. So, the ones that I, when I asked myself, who am I and who do I want to become? I want to become a person who is full of the wonder of God. I want to become a person who is present with God and with the people that I love. And I want to become a person who leans into their purpose, which is to give God praise, to make disciples, and to love God and love people with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength. Who are you? And who do you want to become? That's your homework assignment for today. As we enter into 2024, pressing into our identity is way, uh, well, pressing our identity will lead to so much more fruit than trying not to eat chocolate. As the worship team comes, I just want to pray for you guys, for myself, um, and for those listening online and maybe the podcast later, I don't know, but uh, Lord, reveal to us, Lord, reveal to us who we are right now. Reveal to us, Lord, through your whisper of the Holy Spirit, 
Reveal to us who we want to become. We pray for divine inspiration in these moments. Father, I pray that who you have uniquely created us how we can best partner with you, Lord. How our identity can can become and flourish in you, Lord. I pray, Jesus, that you would reveal these things to us. We pray that you would reveal to us the new thing that you are doing in us in this season. time is right, reveal. Reveal it, Lord. Jesus, we love you and we're grateful for the grace that you purchased for us that we may be called sons and daughters of God. Thank you for your spirit that if we will listen and be present, Lord, that your spirit will guide us. Father, I thank you, Lord, that no matter what 2023 was like, Lord, that we're moving into a new season. I pray you have your way in it for the mission for all the churches in Redlands, for all the churches in the IE. I pray that you would have your way in the greater Christian community in our area, Lord. I pray that you would reveal yourself through unity and peace and love. Jesus, I pray that you would... uh, Reveal yourself to us for this next season as individuals, uniquely created. Father, we thank you for all these things. In the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.